Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Jen Diz. And that's Mike TV. Today we'll be announcing our extra special Patreon member takeover, sharing our recent Disneyland ticket and reservation experience, and reflecting back on the temporarily defunct annual pass program. So, I need to start in today and just talk for a second. It's like my moment of like overcoming grief of <laughs> receiving so <laughs> many Haunted Mansion spoilers. <laughs> so, I don't know if some of you saw, but I am desperately trying to avoid Haunted Mansion spoilers on on the internet, on the socials, on the everything. Like, just on every aspect of life. On What's the going socials, on with I'm the Haunted Mansion? All of them. In the first place that you need to stay away from spoilers. So they are, well, actually, before the pandemic and before Disneyland closed, they had already planned to do some upgrades in the Haunted Mansion. And as you all know, Haunted Mansion is my baby. So I'm very excited to see what they did. Um, And of course, want it to be a surprise. It's just kind of the person I am. Um, I do lots of things to avoid spoilers, like avoid talking about topics that might include spoilers. I will also gladly go dark off the internet. Um, I've gotten really good at going on Instagram and posting still and not looking at things, which is super awesome that I've gotten used to that because I was able That's to hard. stay super active. I know. I just check like my inbox now and I post things going out and not looking at what's coming in. So <laughs> I've been avoiding a lot. But even then, still, things will just randomly pop up sometimes. I'm like, ah, and like swipe away, get it out of my face. So I've seen now four different spoilers, but two of them I want to talk about in general. And I know both of you are listening because one of you is recording with me. Oh, me? (laughs) It was barely a spoiler. Barely. Barely. So this is another fun thing. We talked about spoilers before, and I think we should just have like a deep dive at some point about spoilers, but... Um, spoiler is in the eye of the beholder. Is that right? That's a good point. Right. So like, for instance, um, one of our friends spoiled something for both of us in the past that he like legit didn't realize would be considered a spoiler to us. And it probably isn't to most people, but it just was to us. So, um, that actually happened with Mike. He gave me something and he's like, it's no big deal. And I look and it's like totally for me a big deal. So like, dang it, Mike. That happened, and then I had two more just normal internet, like, things pop up in my face. And the other one was by Christy, who you guys heard on the episode a couple weeks ago. I'm going to give her a shout-out and a call-out. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me something, and I asked her a couple details about it before I even watched it, because I could tell it was about the Haunted Mansion, and it was from the Disney Parks blog. So I was like, I can't watch it. She goes, no, it's just about A, B, and C. I'm like, so there's nothing about this, this, and this? She's like, nope, and I still looked at it. And it was a spoiler. And I'm like, Dang You looked it. at the so whole now... video? No, just like as soon as I saw something that I knew was different, I'm like, damn it, yeah. turned it off. Like, I think <laughs> like, I know what you saw that. too. And that wasn't something I'd heard anything about yet. So I was like, okay. So now I don't know if I'm actually going into the Haunted Mansion with any surprises anymore at this point. I've seen four things for sure. So 
I just wanted to like talk about Grim it. Grinning ghosts come out to socialize and spoil. So I think and spoil and spoil. I think with spoilers, you know, I would love to have like an ultimate spoiler-free experience, but it's so hard. But I was just thinking of one while you're talking about Haunted Mansion, and I thought, imagine if you had no idea about Galaxy's Edge. Nobody ever told you. And then you just walked into Disneyland on that side of Frontierland and was like, what the? This Millennium Falcon just landed here. Yeah. And imagine you're a big Star Wars fan. Wow. Isn't that so cool? Like, I've had moments like that in life. And those are some of my favorite memories. Like... This is super random, but one time when I was in Austria, we went to a zoo and there was this like cave room you could go in and they had free flying bats. And it was one of the craziest things I've ever experienced in my life. But if I had known that was a cave full of free flying bats, I would have just been like, oh, this is kind of cool or whatever. Instead of walking in there and be like, what's going on? It's like this whole magical experience just opening up for you right in front of your eyes. That is cool. That's like. A very weird thing that just like the first thing that popped up in my mind but it is an example of like how i like to be surprised that is a good example too because like when you're either exploring or on like a guided tour somewhere sometimes i think a good tour guide will have a good balance of spoilers and reveals that you didn't know was gonna happen um when you're talking in the bats i was thinking of one that i wish i had a spoiler alert for completely off topic of disney (laughs) but i was in the philippines and we took this really like non-professional guided tour um (laughs) on this island that we're visiting and we went like going into the cave i there's a word for it for caving (laughs) i can't think of it Spelunking? spelunking yeah i think so <laughs> we went spelunking but not like with pickaxes or anything we just walked down and no spoilers and we were in the middle of this cave dark and damp and he put the flashlight on there were spiders the size of plates no. the size of plates that you eat on yes and they looked like um like this this the face huggers from alien oh my yeah. god and i was like what the like No, I wouldn't have gone in here if you told me. Right, yeah. And then you just picture like one falling by accident. It was terrifying. Okay, but wait a second. On that note, was the rest of the experience cool? Like, are you still glad you did it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, So, but if you'd known, you would have never gotten to the cave. That's true. I would have never gone into the cave. (laughs) I think the coolest part was like going into the cave because you had to like kind of go into a hole and then start walking. Um, but yeah, maybe you're right. If I knew about the spiders, I would have never gone in there. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> neither would I. <laughs> anyway, so, um, very excited about the grand, op- grand reopening coming up soon, but we will have more on that later. But first off, I wanted to announce that we are having a very exciting Patreon perk popping up soon and we are letting Patreon members take over the month of May. So all May, our patrons, which we lovingly call the Disneyholics, we are letting them give us topic suggestions and we are going to do anything that they send our way and we are going to be talking about them on the show. 
Yeah, and if you already are a Patreon member, you can still request topics. Uh, really, anything goes, and even if it's Disney adjacent or technical, technically <laughs> Disney, uh, we'll still make it part of our episode discussion. Uh, and obviously, if you're not yet a Patreon or a Disney holics on Patreon, um, you still have a chance so that you can give us some topics to talk about. Yeah, I would say if you join us by May, so like another week or so, um, maybe even a little bit over that but somewhere in the next week and change if you can if you want to join over on patreon if you could join by then then you could suggest some topics so we can roll them into our schedule for me because we do still have a little bit of room um yeah i mean we can there's still time and definitely just take a look at our patreon page we put together it's almost like a menu of trader sam's cocktails and then each cocktail (laughs) gives you certain tiers of benefits so uh, we had a lot of fun making that for y'all yeah, we've had a lot of fun with our patron members lately. And one, another one, actually, another perk that we're doing right now is a personal shopper. So in case you are not familiar with a personal shopper, like what a personal shopper does, um, they're usually someone who frequents the parks and then they will offer to get you park merchandise that you cannot get on like shopdisney.com or the Disney store, like something you have to be at the resort for. And if you just can't go right now, we're going to do it for you right? for free. And they usually charge you for that stuff. We're going to do it for free. So that's another perk to come on and join us for um, if you do have stuff that you want us to pick up from there and send on your way. Yeah. And we have a lot of things coming up where we'll probably get access to exclusive things. So you're going back to the Disneyland reopening. Um, there's going to be <laughs> Avengers Campus opening in june um, which there's usually like day one trinkets and things and special maps um, and then we're planning a walt disney world trip later in the year so plenty of chances for um, our patrons to request something so we could try to get it for you cool so if you decide to join us go ahead and go to patreon.com slash the disneyholics and you'll find us there we have a few different tiers that you can take a look through find out which perks fit best for you and go ahead and join us Uh, So speaking of the reopening of Disneyland, (laughs) (laughs) this last or this past week, um, we went online to buy our Disneyland tickets and to buy park reservations or actually to reserve a park. Um, And one of the things that are really is really tricky about this particular reopening is only available to California residents. So everybody knows I'm in New York, but since I was born and raised in California, parents still have property, still have family out there. And luckily I actually still have a California driver license. Um, so it makes it easier not cheating the system. I'm actually bi-coastal if you put it that way. Yeah. You come out here enough. I think <laughs> right. basically that too. Um, also I've, I mean, I don't know where people stand on this, but they haven't mentioned that people aren't going to be able to come from out of state at that point, like in June for when we we're booking for. So I don't think there's any harm in that. Cause like, imagine they open it up to out of staters like in two weeks and then like nobody got their tickets cause they missed out on this sale. Right. Like that would be so unfortunate. So I'm feeling for the out of staters right now because as of April 30th, they're saying for sure it's only California residents. So already it's hard, right? right. For outer staters. So let's talk a little bit about what it was like to buy these tickets. So first off, um, they had like, I mean, I had gotten a whole group of us together to try to like get tickets for each other and like work together so that it's not just one person trying to get a ticket. It's like three of us trying to get them for all of us. It was just a lot of 
time and effort put into it. And then they dropped the bomb saying, we're going to let existing ticket holders get tickets first. And since we are no longer annual pass holders, we do not have that option. So I want to give a huge shout out to two of my friends, Alyssa and Courtney. Thank you guys so, so much for coming through. They're both out of staters. They can't use the ticket anyway. And they sold us their ticket so that we could get um, reservations on that first opportunity. So. Oh, I love um, hearing Disney Holic supporting other Disney Holics. Isn't that awesome? Oh my God. So awesome. And to be quite honest, this might come a little later. It's a little confusing, but there's two dates that you could try. One is if you already had a ticket. One is if you're just starting from scratch. And I did both of them for two different trips. And I didn't get in in time to get opening day tickets the second time. So if it wasn't for my friends getting us those tickets, I wouldn't be there grand reopening day. So I owe you guys so much. Um, Alyssa requested that I take her on a live through the Haunted Mansion. Nice. As like payment for her giving nice. us her ticket. And also uh, Courtney says I need to buy her a drink when we go to Epcot because we'll be there at the same time as her. So. I anyway. love that. We just <laughs> last weekend we just released um, the RIP ride through of the Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion. So it would be awesome if you do one for Disneyland. Oh uh, hey, I totally will because I'm going to be riding it like 600 times. <laughs> Great, so excited. All right, so back to the ticket buying experience. So on Monday, like I said, it was for existing ticket holders only. Um, I was very stressed out. I was so over prepared. It wasn't even cute. Like I had. <laughs> 14 things open, my iPad, two different browsers, my phone, like just everything that I had that used technology in the house was on the Disneyland website ready to go. Um, I was in the queue for like 45 minutes before it even opened. Like I was just ready to go. And it ended up going pretty smoothly. Like I think it ended up taking, I think like 45 minutes total. And it was like, so stressful for those 45 minutes which is hilarious now that I think about it um but I ended up getting through and getting my tickets reserved um we have a couple hiccups because it's just there's like a lot of weird things that we're not used to as being annual pass holders for so long like the assigning of tickets and who is the owner of the ticket and they can only be linked to so many accounts but all that aside able to get through I got tickets for April 30th uh, the grand reopening, and since they were a four-day ticket, um, I don't know if you remember, if you guys have had multi-day tickets in the past, you have to use them within 13 days. That rule still stands. There are no exceptions made, even though reservations and pandemic and all, a whole bunch of things. Like the fact that maybe somebody bought this ticket a year ago and might not have the same vacation plans this time, doesn't matter. They aren't making exceptions. Wow. So I just went for four days straight. So I'm going to be there for quite a long time and definitely going to be all over the socials with this stuff so oh i can't wait ah uh, super exciting it was i mean i made a video for our patron members as like of how i was prepping and like the excitement of getting closer and closer to like the last minute of being able to book the tickets and it's just it felt so good knowing that like yes i got it and i'm going so anyway but that being as smooth as it could be, Thursday was a whole different experience. And Mike, you actually joined me for that one. <laughs> yeah. So Thursday was when the um, tickets opened up basically for anybody who wants to buy tickets in that are California residents. Um, and what we were specifically looking to reserve that time was the June 4th. 
opening yep. of Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure. Um, so yeah, I'm not going with Jen to the Disneyland reopening April 30th, but I will be joining her for the Avengers Campus opening. Can't miss that. And that was pretty stressful. I mean, at the end of the day, we got what we <laughs> needed. We got our tickets and we got the reservation for June 4th. But it was a long day, right? It was a very long day. Some people waited up to nine hours to get their tickets. I think you and I took, a, it took about f- over four hours, right? Because it was after my meeting. Definitely so it over four hours. It took around six hours, I think, yeah. for us to get through. Insanity. And it was crazy because there was tons of people reporting that they didn't even start the queue until like 30 minutes after it opened and they got in within an hour. So like, I don't know how the thing works, <laughs> which right. is like a whole nother level of frustration. But um, I feel like Disney, ended up- like they try a new online queuing system every time. They just should stick yeah. to one <laughs> and keep improving the one because this one didn't tell us how how much time we had other than more than an hour. It would say more than an hour wait time or um, I would have loved some of the queues like on Ticketmaster where it at least tells you what number you are in a queue. So that you can have a sense, like, can I go to the bathroom? Can I eat? (laughs) Can I go walk the dog? Right. Like, do all these other life responsibilities while I'm trying to buy Disney tickets. (laughs) Um, It was funny, too, because I had a meeting at 12, and I was saying before, I was like, this thing is going to go as soon as I get in that meeting. Like, it's just going to happen. And I always, on Thursdays, host a company-wide meeting. So our entire company is in there watching me talk. And I was like, it's going to happen during then. It just is. And sure enough, like five minutes into it, as I'm talking, the whole website, like all of the windows like flash and they start like reloading. And I'm like, no. And I got just dead (laughs) silent right in the middle of a sentence. And I had to like regroup myself and it popped up and said recalculating. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? (laughs) That's so stressful. (laughs) So it said more than an hour for definitely more than a few hours. And then it said recalculating. And we're just like, I don't even know what just happened. Um, Also, a lot of people couldn't get back in the website at that point. So it definitely like crashed for a while, I think. Right. Right. And we were we were pushing our limits. Like it says, do not press back or do not refresh this page. But every now and then we would refresh it just to see if it it needed to be refreshed. But. Luckily, on the bottom, in very small writing, it shows your QID, which is a long string of letters and numbers. Um, but as long as you see that same exact ID, it looks like it holds your spot, even after you refresh yeah. or if you lose the tab. I was like copying tabs and then leaving the original one. And I didn't lo- reload that. And then I reloaded <laughs> all the other ones. On the untainted tab. <laughs> yeah. Um, it didn't work. I was still here for six hours. <laughs> Dang. And the funny thing but, is you were talking about your work meeting. I'm really glad we're working from home right now during the pandemic because normally oh when we're doing these type of things like D23 Expo, I have to like book a conference room and then hide in there, yep. <laughs> pretend it's a meeting. Like hide. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And then I'll either come I out of the room that. really sad or really happy. <laughs> and then you still have no focus for the rest of the day. Like, yeah. how am I going to go back? I remember that when we tried to book our sorcerer tickets and didn't get through, we're just like, wow, done for the day. We're just wow. like, I don't even I know how so to. so mad. <laughs> totally. But the good news is after waiting a very long, grueling six hours and watching everyone else and their mom freak out on social media, 
because of the same thing that we were going through. At least we found that we had community and then we finally got through and got our tickets. So we are going for the grand uh, opening of Avengers Campus as well. So it's just so exciting. We got both of them, even if unfortunately you don't get to join me for the first one. But like still, one of us will be there to be able to experience it. Yeah. And the rest of you that can't can live vicariously through us. So or become a patron. Or- <laughs> on patreon and request some fun stuff from the park yes yes i know i might actually have i'm like we don't know exactly what they're gonna have yet i keep thinking they're gonna have like special ear hats and all this stuff but like it's kind of like a debbie downer like thing depressing. of why they've yeah, been shut down depressing. so i don't know if they're going to <laughs> yeah. celebrate <laughs> maybe not so we'll have to see but i'm curious yeah they got to have something, at least the maps. Like you said, I think the maps will at least do something. Like welcome back, them. welcome home, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. We'll see, though. Um, I don't think Disney World did much, but they were only closed for like two months or something like that. Yeah, not that much. <laughs> like March through July, I think, was when they were closed. So anyway, it was a very stressful and grueling experience, but we got what we were there for, and I am so excited i just can't even i'm like already packing and i'm like why am i doing this to myself (laughs) i've still to wait two weeks (laughs) so you at this point have two pairs of regular disney park tickets yes i sure do and guess what that adds up to like eight hundred dollars guess how much the annual passes are twelve hundred dollars the one i usually get at least and that leads us into our Next topic, annual passes and what it's like to make this change of not having an (laughs) annual pass. (laughs) It is very jarring. And then you start thinking about money and value and how much you value something versus the market. Like I just go, we go down these rabbit holes. Yes. It's a lot. Uh, So before we talk about what it's like to live without an annual pass during the pandemic, I thought I would do some research on annual passports. So by the way, they're actually called annual passports. And I think at this point, we shorten it to just APs or annual pass. So we've taken it down two levels. But turns out it's called an annual passport and still is if it were existed. But before it went defunct, it was still called a passport. Um, So I did some research on the history of Disneyland's annual passports. And as usual, it's going to be the history of Disneyland annual passports, according to Mike TV. And so, Jen, the Uh challenge for you is to stop me anytime when you think I'm telling a fib, an untrue (laughs) piece of history, um, and then I'll tell you if it was true or not. But otherwise, most of these are true. So it's a fun journey down the history of annual passes. All right. So we'll learn some things. And then we'll find out some things that we never knew about that also probably aren't true. (laughs) Hopefully I'll catch all of them. So I need you guys to all put out your Disneyholic energy for me to catch the fibs. (laughs) So I'm going to take you back to 1955 when the Disneyland Park first opened. um, And they had ticket books. 
Um, so, you know, we could do a whole episode on the ticket books, but basically that was when you had to buy a ticket and each ticket would correspond to a different type of ride. Think of your um, local fair or state fair carnival type of thing, tickets per ride. The other thing that I thought was interesting is in, in addition to the tickets, you still had to pay general admission even in the first year in 1955. So you'd pay for your ticket to enter the park and then you would need tickets to ride the attractions and see the shows. Um, so that was that was more or less the process for about five years. Um, in 1960, this one's really cool. They created the railway ride ticket. So it's an all day ticket, only trains. And back then they had Nature's Wonderland and then they had the Grand Circle Tour. So 1960, um, if you bought a general admission ticket, you can then buy a railway ride ticket. Fib. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Okay, that I was like not it though. Real. I would I would buy one of those. Right? No. I feel like Walt would totally do that. <laughs> oh, that is very cute, actually. Right? They should like, call it like the Walt Rail Railroad or something. Oh, that would be cute. Especially for like Whale-woed, the adults. Whalewoad. Hi, I'm Bobo Wawa. I remember that from DuckTales. Anyways, uh so 1960, they did not release a railway ride ticket. <laughs> Um, and then moving forward to 1961 through about 1966, there was what's called a pass. Oh, my God. Do you hear my voice crack? <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> I was just saying it's doing that before we started recording. Oh, man. Okay. How funny. So 1961 Passed through 1966, they uh, they released what's called a passport to Disneyland. And what that meant is you got to ride all the attractions throughout one day. There were 54 attractions at the time, which I actually thought were a lot for 1961. Uh, but that counts like shows and things like that, I guess. Um, and then they still had ticket books. But you did have the option to do a one-day passport to Disneyland, all attractions, all access. Um, so doing my research, I got the dates for when things <laughs> launched. But when things kind of went away is a little bit fuzzy. Um, so I'm going to say that was about 1961 through 1966. Um, and then in 1966, really cool one, they introduced what's called the Date Night Ticket Book. And this was meant for <gasps> couples, for two people. And you got eight attractions to ride as a pair. Um, and what's really cool about this is it coincided with the New Orleans Square opening. So it was all about like romance and live music. And then if you want the attractions, you can get on the attractions. Um, what do you think about that? Isn't that cute? I, I think. OK, I also have never heard about this one. And I also think it's not true because of the amount of excitement that you're having about talking about. <laughs> oh, you know why I'm really excited for a couple of reasons is I love that song, right? Date Night at Disneyland. Yes. Date Night at Disneyland. Let's dance. Let's dance at Disneyland. Romantic rides in the cool light 
lights were under a million twinkling lights. That was the song. We're gonna we yes. just put it in, right? And <laughs> um, I love the idea of mixing or combining something to promote New Orleans Square. And the third reason why I'm excited is my uh, husband's ringtone when he calls me is the date night at Disneyland song. Aww. Uh, so I love that concept, and it is true. This is a real thing. Oh my god. Yeah. How cool. Wait a second. Was the one before this true also? The all-inclusive or the all-day ticket? Yes. I also didn't know that they've done that. Right? I, That's very fair ground. You could buy like the wristband, remember? Like yeah. Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk? Totally. Oh my gosh. How funny. Um, definitely had fun researching these. Um, 1966 was also a dark time at Disneyland. Um, this was the year. Yeah. Uncle Walt, <laughs> Walt Disney died. Um, but what was interesting is doing this research, there was a major increase in attendance in 1966. So I'm curious, is that because of Walt or the new land? Maybe a combo? Well, he didn't pass what away until December. But mm. Oh, that's a good point. So it yeah. couldn't have been because of that. Good but point. 1959 was a huge year for Disney. It's when they introduced the monorail and the submarine and... Matterhorn oh, and all that stuff too. Wow. So it was probably from that, like leftover from that. Extra. Wait, like, no, that's sixty six. That's like stuff. never mind, that's way later. I don't know. Still though, right? Yeah, still it was growing. The park was growing. Yeah. More e tickets were coming, things like that. Um and then let's skip to nineteen seventy. This is another one of my favorite ones. Um there was something called the Magic Kingdom Club. Didn't have the word password, it's just the Magic Kingdom Club. Um, and it was a all day ticket for just 12 attractions. So you didn't have to buy different passes and you could use them across all different tiers. Um, but this is when they just tested for, it seemed like about a couple years when I did the research. Um, and then it disappeared. Don't know what happened to it. It was called the magic kingdom club that same year in 1970, there was something called the Donald duck kids club, which was a one day pass to the pool Disneyland hotel pool, uh, without having to have a hotel reservations, a reservation. What? So this one was just for kids, 12 and under. Uh, but I thought that was cute. Like Donald Duck, Sailor. What? Fib. What? Fib. Fib. <laughs> Fib. Okay, fine. <laughs> that is not Could real. Can you imagine? <laughs> How many children would be in that pool that's supposed to be exclusive for the hotel? I'd be so mad if I was a guest and there's all these kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And only 12 and under, so sorry, parents, you can't come watch your children in the pool. Sorry. Did you say wash or watch? Watch. <laughs> you can't wash your children in the pool. Can't wash your... Don't do that either, although... <laughs> um, maybe if you weren't a resort member, you wouldn't have a shower to use, so maybe they would be washing their children. Yikes. Sweaty day in LA. Um, what did you think about the Magic Kingdom Club? I didn't know about that. I did know about that, although I did not know the details of it. I've just known that... Um, Actually, I thought I thought it was like the first annual pass, like before annual passes were a thing. Um, but again, I didn't know the details on it. But right. That makes sense. Yeah. And it was only one day and this one was for children. So um, it is interesting. They they kept experimenting with one day all inclusive things. And yeah. It wasn't the annual until later, which we'll get to. Uh, but another thing I thought was interesting about that is they did refer to Disneyland as the Magic Kingdom formally, properly on a ticket. <laughs> Uh, which I always get confused about. <laughs> I was saying, uh, 
laughing because are you trying to defend yourself no. from the other day? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But <laughs> even in the fireworks shows, they sometimes call it the Magic Kingdom. And 1970 was before Disney World. So if anything, Disney World ripped off on Disneyland, right? By calling itself its other name. Yeah, I, it, it has always been a gray area. And I was kind of like, how did they differentiate like Magic Kingdom versus the happiest place on earth? I think that's usually only for Disneyland, right? Which is also kind of weird that they wouldn't want to call that Disney yeah, World. I they, always say they, Disney World is the second happiest place on Earth. They call it something else. I'm pretty sure we found that out one time at Disney World. Um, but the thing with Disney World is... The most magical place on Earth or something like I that? I think it's like that. The um, <laughs> When I was a kid, because I never went... I hadn't gone to Disney World until like the mid-2000s. I thought Walt Disney World was just the Magic Kingdom. I thought it was just the other name for Magic Kingdom. You know, like Disneyland is Magic Kingdom. So I thought just that one park was Disney World, just like a Disneyland park. But yeah. I mean, Magic Kingdom does sound like it should be just Walt Disney World's name instead of Walt Disney World. Right. Right. So Disneyland is what? The happiest place on Earth. And then the tagline of Magic Kingdom is the most magical place on Earth. Interesting. All right. Um, okay, so let's continue down this journey of the history of annual passes, according to Mike TV at Disneyland. Um, all right, so we're going to move beyond the Magic Kingdom Club, and we're going to jump to 1976. Uh, seems like a cool year. We weren't alive yet, but the 70s sounds like a fun time, and then combining that with <laughs> Disneyland, like that just seems like really fun. Um, and so 1976 was the first time Disneyland's annual park attendance crossed the 10 million guest mark so they saw 10.9 million guests in 1976 so cool nice um coincidentally in 1976 disneyland launched this campaign called winnie the pooh for president and he had his own parade and it was red white and blue americana and i thought that was weird but that's what they did yeah that's what they did please tell me this is a fib nope (laughs) Oh, my God. Really? Winnie the Pooh for president? Okay, these are the things that I'm telling you that we need to, like, talk about on the show. We need to, like, dive deep in that. We'll, we'll, we'll get there right? later at some and point. And there was a whole parade for it. Weird. So even when I was looking at that, I was like, she's going to think I made this one up. Like, it's so <laughs> out there. And of all characters, like, not Mickey Mouse. Okay, Winnie the Pooh. All right. Right? Like, what? Um, Wait, what year was that? 1970 what? 76. 76. Yeah, they hadn't even, like, introduced anything with Winnie the Pooh in the park at all. So like why they're giving him the spotlight? Very random. That's my older sister's year of birth too. Um, Funny. So the next year, uh, 1977 is when they created a new version of the magic kingdom club. This time adults could purchase it and it was called the all inclusive magic kingdom club passport. Wow. (laughs) That's where they started with the long names. Right, They love the names. Um, That included the use of all attractions for one day for adults. But in order to um, traverse the park and get to the attractions, you were given a temporary tattoo to put on. And that's how you would get on the get into the attractions in the park. (laughs) No. Fib. Fib. We need to come up with like a Disney-holic version of fib, like the word fib. Fibbing, fibbing, fibbing. Uh, okay, so that one was tricky. So what was what was false about that piece of history? The temporary tattoo. Yeah. Okay, so they did have that <laughs> new passport. One day, unlimited use of all attractions. Um, and 
instead of a tattoo, what they did, though, was make you wear this tag on your shirt. I think it sounds like a it looks like a name badge or something. I didn't see a picture of it. They just described it as a tag attached to your shirt. Could be a sticker. I was thinking like pin. Maybe like a little badge like they do for the tours or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Hmm. interesting. 1977. I feel like Um, because the way I knew that this thing even existed, at least I think this is how I found out about it, was when I went to one of the um, like Disneyana conventions where they have all the like, what's the word for paper? Ephemera. Like all the all the like historical Disney ephemera out. And I go over and I see these things. I wonder if it was those like the little badges or something like that. Mm. Interesting. Oh, that's cool to find Disney on a old tag somewhere. Yeah. Um, All right. So, you know, they love to keep iterating, changing the names, adding new perks. Uh, So in 1980. Okay, so this is three years after that club passport. 1980, they introduced what's called the all-inclusive passport to Disneyland. (laughs) And so that was pretty much the same thing. It was one day. um, I did not uh, identify whether or not you had to wear (laughs) a tag or temporary tattoo, (laughs) um, but it was just called all-inclusive passport um, to Disneyland. Adults could use that as well. And that was 1980. So now we're in the 80s. Um, and let's jump to 1983. So 1983 was the first time annual passes became a thing. They were first revealed, unveiled, launched, 1983. Um, and what they called it, they changed the name again. So now this was called the Magic Kingdom Club Annual Passport. So 1983, if you bought an annual okay. pass... It was called that's, Magic Kingdom I think Kingdom that's Club just what I knew passport. about then. It was just the first annual pass right? this whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 1983, that it took them longer than I thought, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so 1983, uh, this one is interesting because I did get the, I got the price on this. What is your guess on the price of an adult Magic Kingdom Club annual passport, unlimited access to Disneyland, 365 days of the year, no blockouts yet? What's the price? I feel like I know this. Um and there's also another, not necessarily reason, but like there's something that happened along with this. But I think it was $100 flat. You are over. You went over. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I totally thought it was $100 even. Let's try so, one more time. $83. $55. That sounds so cheap after you said earlier in this oh episode God. that, what was it, $1,200? Oh my god, I can't. That's like a, a thousand million percent increase. I can't even do the math. I can't. Yeah, I, my brain like literally just hurt, like folded in itself right now. I'm like, I can't. Right. Um, and a child's uh, pass was forty five. Um, I did wow. not know how they um, defined child at that time, but they also had another level called junior in between adult and child. So I'm not sure oh. what the age group was, and that was fifty dollars. Um, so oh, 55 wow. for adult, 50 for junior, 45. Well, they really broke it down by $5 increments. Right? <laughs> Maybe eight, 12 to 18 years old or something. Wow. Um, and speaking of teenagers, so let's jump to 1985. Two things happened for both the young and the old at heart. So for the young at heart who are old, they, uh, they recent, not recently, they announced the senior passport. So it was called the unlimited senior passport. 
had no Aww. Magic Kingdom, no club, unlimited senior passport. It was $11.50. It sounds very cheap compared to what? the other one. They but don't even have a senior version right now, right? They don't. But I should be clear. This was back to a one day. This is a one day unlimited access. Oh, yeah. okay. So they kept playing around with different things. So 1983 annual passports were launched. So they were still around in 1985. But then they introduced this unlimited senior passport. Um, and then in that same year, 85, for the younger people, they introduced the Videopolis Seasonal Pass, also unlimited um, annual. So this one was annual. But if you think of seasonal, what it meant in the context of the research I did, it seemed like spring, summer, like okay. spring break and summer break, um, which yeah, is interesting because seems... we're used to some theme parks, non-Disney ones are called season passes, right? Yeah, season pass. Right. And they're closed during the winter sometimes. Um, so I thought this was cool. I guess it's just to get into Videopolis. I don't know how they managed that. Maybe wristbands again, the 80s. Oh, I th- so I've heard of this one before too. And or I can't say that I've heard of this, but I feel like I know in the history of my random stuff I pick up about Disney somewhere that they were trying to get people to feel like they could come to Disney like it was a nightclub and like somewhere like kind of like date night at Disneyland. But now it's like the 90s or the 80s version. Right. Right. So like they have Videopolis as like a like a piece to pull you in, but you could do everything. And like, I don't know if they had hours like you were only supposed to come in the like evening. Oh, that could have been something it. like that. That could have been That's it. That's what I remember, but it could be wrong. We need to look more into that later. But like... Like hanging out at the mall. Like they wanted some new place for yes. people to hang out. Yes. Uh, but it would have been cool if they had something like that. But they didn't have the... They didn't have a Videopolis oh, seasonal pass. But... Uh, what did they do? Your, they did to some your point, we should look it up because I think there was an after a dusk one or something. Yeah, there was some kind um, of promotional thing for that. Yeah, for sure. That sounds right. Uh, but this one as a seasonal unlimited for two seasons... Made that up, um, but there must be something (laughs) (laughs) similar. Fibber. Um, You got me. I like imagine this whole thing up. So now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I planted it. That sounds so right. I heard it in my past. (laughs) Uh, 1988. So let's skip a few years later. Rebranded the Magic Kingdom Club annual passport to what's your guess? The Disneyland Annual Passport. Yeah, that's correct. Ah. Uh, so Disney An- Disneyland Annual Passport launched in 1988, about five years after that $50 one that I mentioned. Um, so what do you think it costs five years later, 1988? What's the price of an adult Disneyland Annual Passport? Maybe that was the $100 one? You are lower, too low. What? This is what when they the started. What was the $100 one? I could have sworn there was a $100 one. This is when they started... Um, taking our wallets dang so only a few years later five years Mm -hmm. and they went from 55 dollars to over 100 that sounds like every time when they (laughs) redo the prices we're still experiencing that um let's see i'm gonna guess 110 it couldn't be that much more a 140 dollars for an adult to buy a disneyland annual passport oh my gosh wow yep they really saw the value it was caring then seriously crazy. It's, it's wild and then in Ooh, addition can you to imagine that, if they had the internet back then how wild oh everyone would be about <laughs> so here's how i think they tried to mitigate oh it God. they introduced more things so there was the disneyland annual pass- passport rebranded from the magic kingdom club 140 bucks and then they introduced seasonal passports 
Okay. And so seasonal passports were for two seasons. This one I couldn't under I couldn't get the details, but I also think it was like non winter, maybe. Um, and that was ninety dollars. Okay. So it's still like double. Yeah. So fifty dollars more you can go all year. Um <laughs> and as far as my research went, they had no blockout dates yet at this time either. Wow. Yep. I mean, they do that a lot when you're now that you say that, like when they have another big price hike, they're like, but now we have the deluxe and the SoCal right? and the da, 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 da. Guess what? Now we have a flex passport. Like there's always like... so much. The ruby, the sapphire, they like just make S H I T F. So let's move forward into the 90s. You know, that's kind of our decade. Um, in 1990. The Disneyland annual pass. Uh, let's start with pricing again. How much do you think it went up between 1988 to 1990? Just a couple years later. Um, I'm going to say 160 now. Wow. Really good. 165. Okay. Um, right. And then 130 for child. They did not have the juniors um, around anymore, but they did have a seniors pass. <laughs> okay, so this oh one's gosh. called a senior fun passport, which actually launched in 1991, and it was $22 per day, which I thought was nice. Oh, so it was daily again. Yeah, that one was daily, which is cute, right? You think of like a grandparent taking their kid. Yeah. They don't want to ride. Nice. They just want to sit. Um, also, sometime between 1955 and 1990, they eliminated the requirement to buy general admission. Um, I, d I skipped that part. I don't know when that stopped, but probably when the ticket books went away is what I'm thinking. Something like that. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no idea. Uh, all right. So senior fun passport. Love the name. I feel like in the 90s, they use the word fun a lot in marketing and advertising. So there's True. that. Um, and then in 1995, okay, this is five, four or five years later, 1995, they introduced the Southern California Student Seasonal Pass. Okay, so this was only for students who could, you know, I'm assuming they verified your ID, high school, college, I think, and only for SoCal residents. So this was the first time we started seeing something regional in terms of pricing. Yeah, that's like really hitting like a locals pass. Right. And that would be fun, right? If you're like in high school down there. Oh my God. There's a few videos out there. I was just talking to my friend about this. There's a few videos out there of like called Disneyland locals. And it's like in the nineties or just like hanging out at the park. Like it's just what they do for fun. They just hang out with their friends in Disneyland. Like what? That's crazy. That's so fun. Never know that life. It's always a vacation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. It's like their mall. So eventually they got what they wanted just without Videopolis. Right. Right. Um, so 1995, that pass never existed, but it would have made sense if they had it because I think a lot of locals went. Yes. <laughs> so that was a fib. Um, okay. So 1998 is when they introduced, um, what they called at that time. Okay. I'm realizing these names keep coming back and forth. They called it the flex passport, but it was a number of days. So the five-day oh flex passport. I, what year was this? Sounds familiar, right? 1998. I have... Um, so we're in high I school. think it was more around like 2000-ish, but I have a like a park map from that time that I just found recently, and it says flex passport on it. And I was like, what? Like, we've had a flex pass before? <laughs> I think these were the ones that had a really long expiration date. Like, great. You could use all five, like, within 10 months or something oh, probably... Like I remember because, oh my gosh, I just had a flashback live on air. 
me and our mutual friend Danielle, we were trying to scheme up anything we could to get into the park. You know, we're rags to riches. We're broke. No, just rags. And what we did was we put on this fake scavenger hunt. Do you know this story? Oh, we did that too. I've Wait, done you... that too. Was I with you guys or was that a different time? <laughs> Maybe you were with us. What? I always assume you're with me. So this time I thought, no, she wasn't there. I feel like it was just Danielle and I. So it could have been a whole oh. other time that we did the same thing. <laughs> it could have been. Okay. So let's see if it's the same. So what we did was we pretended we were collecting items from people outside of the park, like near the buses. Yep. Right. And we'd yep. be like, hey, do you have um, a five-day flex passport that you're not using because you're leaving? Or do you have a napkin? We would ask for other things to make it look real and then use that extra day, right? Did you do that? We were, okay, what I remember at least, so this was when the Esplanade was there, so it had to have been after 2001, so it was a little later, um, which means we were not in high school anymore. We're grown-ass adults doing this. <laughs> oh, you're right. But we did the fake there. scavenger hunt thing, and we would ask people. I remember we would, we got someone's ticket and were able to go in for the rest of the day. Like, people that are all leaving at, like, the end of the night for fireworks. Oh. But then, this is, I shouldn't even be admitting this, but we would then try to upgrade it to an annual pass because it was, like, a five-day <laughs> ticket and it already had, like, a couple hundred dollars on it that we could then, you know get off of our annual pass and we did it before we've done it so like that one worked. sounds familiar that was before they started checking like all the they would like question you later i think all anyway. they had back then were like stamps on the hands which they barely yeah it was like nothing anyway. yeah <laughs> the glow in the dark black light stamps um all right so we both did some version of that and i'm pretty sure danielle <laughs> was involved with both of those schemes and would still be shout out Sounds to about right. if you listen yeah. to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those flex passports they lasted so long. I for some reason I just remember that. Like if you only use three days, I remember thinking, oh, I could come back and stay with my cousin like six months later and use yeah. the other two. So Ugh, I wish my four day one that I have right now would let me do that because I'm like 13 days. I literally have to do that in one trip. I'm not gonna come back down here in less than two weeks. Like it's right. not even two weeks like you can't even spread out the weekends that far like it's too squished i didn't even realize that it's that short of a window yeah that's not cool um so guess how much the five-day flex passport was 1998 for adults Mm, okay five day i'm gonna say 244 dollars 99 (laughs) dollars i don't understand i don't understand well if you think about it so the okay so they also cry i know they also announced that year two different types of passports annual passports which were the deluxe annual passport and the premium annual passport so this is 1988 so the five-day flex which we talked about was 99 dollars. the deluxe annual passport was 129 so for 30 dollars more you get the year and then the premium was one ninety nine, which I'm assuming that's when they started introducing blockout dates. Maybe the deluxe had blockout dates. Wow. Um, so yeah, I now that's right? that one ninety nine is now the addition you have to pay in order to go those two weeks around Christmas. Just that right? little bit is that price of that whole annual pass back. Then. And it's prob it's almost the price of a well, one day park hopper. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it's all relative, right? And inflation and, you know, just growing up. Because I remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was so expensive. One day park hopper right now can go up to $209. Isn't that insane to think about? Like the tier five highest one peak day. 
More expensive than annual pass yeah. 20 years ago or whatever. Oof. Yeah. So 19, 1998, they started introducing these different tiers. Um, and I know I keep jumping back between day passports and annual passports, but that's what they called it. So I'm trying to introduce some of the new ticket types as well because it's all related, um, especially if you look at the price comparisons, right? So we said 99 for five days that you could use throughout the year or wow. 129 to use all year with a handful of blockout dates. Now, in 1999, Disney introduced the Disney Premier Annual Passport. Very exciting. We were fortunate enough to have that for, I think, one or two years. Um, And what is that, Jen? It's when you can go to both of the resorts in the United States. So Disney World and Disneyland Resort. So the Premier Annual Passport debuted in 1999. Um, and you had unlimited no blockout dates to both parks. And um, oh God, there was a, I don't want to know how much <laughs> it is. <laughs> there's a price range that I found in my research. So I'm not quite sure what the range meant. Um, so we're not going to bother with guessing, but it's between $500 and $700. Oh, wow. Okay. That and it still, still sounds like a lot for back then. If the other thing was only 200 that's a lot. Right. Okay. And if they, I'm all right with that. <laughs> if they just introduced it, perhaps the, the um, extra cost up to 700, maybe it was parking or water parks or yeah. Something. Oh yeah, it could be the water park edition. Yeah. Um, and then let's skip to 2001. They introduced another type of annual pass in addition to the deluxe. SoCal. Yes, good job. That's one of them. So in 2001, they formally introduced the Southern California Annual Passport. Um, and so, and then we had the Disneyland Deluxe that we talked about. And then we now had the Disney Signature Annual Passport oh, in 2001. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that was much later. But yeah, it was 2001. That's when I so first got So the Signature Annual is no blockout dates? Is that the, is the, the deal with it? Yeah, well, so there's, I think for a while they had that, and then they also had the Signature Plus or something like that, that included yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I have that listed here. I just was confused, so I didn't mention it. But yeah, <laughs> it says the Signature Annual Passport and the Signature Plus Annual Passport, the Deluxe Annual, and the SoCal Annual. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was like that for a while, I think. Like that, when you say that, that to me feels like the Annual Pass program I was very familiar with. <laughs> like yeah. Signature and, Pass. And you're That's pretty right because... Called. After 2001, there were less um, like major updates for me to report back on. Um, so yeah, 2001 kind of established a pretty long-standing um, leveling and tiers of annual passports, including those f- uh, for Southern California. They also started doing SoCal discounted tickets, right? Like one-day tickets. Yeah, and then the twofer tickets, all that kind of stuff came out right. around then, I think. Um, oh yeah, because now you have the two parks, right? So that probably had to have right around then. Oh yeah, That's it opened funny. in two thousand one, right? Yeah, and you could go to you had two day ticket, but you could only go to one park each day, like one or the other. Oh, and then the signature was in, debuted around when there's two parks, so it was like, wow, you got everything. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, And so after 2001, it was around this one. I don't have the exact year. It was sometime between 2001 and 2005. uh, Disney introduced the gold passport. It wasn't called annual or anything. It was just called the gold passport. And it allowed you to get into Disneyland, California Adventure, all the Disney World parks, 
uh, Paris, which included Disneyland and Walt Disney Studios, and Hong Kong Disneyland. So you get to go to all of those using this gold passport. It did not include Japan because uh, we talked about it before, but it's owned by a different company. Are you still fibbing? Because I don't think that was a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It was a that thing. is cool. I didn't know about that. I could totally see Japan being left out, but like I didn't know that they had one for every but everywhere else. Right? That's I've been crazy. waiting for that one. I wonder if they ever will have one that includes Japan. Oh my god, that would it, be like the best motivator for traveling. I'd be like, let's right? go, go, go. We let's got this go. pass. <laughs> let's do this. A whole year's worth oh. of Disney parks. Um and so it looks like that was only for sale for a very limited amount of time, like about a year at max. And then what happened is it still exists today, but it can only be um, received. Someone gives it to you. It's like, oh, wow. It's like a Medal of Honor type of thing. Um, is it for cast members only or is it? Um, I don't think so. I think what? sort of like Who's a Medal of Honor. Who's going to give me this pass? I have to now find out and start being really nice to a few people. Just kidding. Right? <laughs> yeah, we should find out more. I, I'm curious who received those passes. But yeah, they would give it out as honorary wow. things. Or they still give it That's out. That's cool. Oh, maybe the legends get them. I could see maybe. that. Disney legends. legends. Or what if they give them to the, um, what is the blue tag called? Legacy? Oh, are they called Legacy also? When you see a cast member with a blue Name oh badge? yeah after you reach your like tenure of service type of thing no that was like people it's like a peer voting system oh you're right yeah it's like like magical most platinum premier employee of the year type of thing. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's would like be cool fancy if you have blue on your name badge that would be cool okay that so the gold pass cool. still exists but it's a mystery wait um, do you happen to have the pricing of that gold pass i do not I wonder what I it was not. like when you could buy it. Because if you could right? go to all the parks, like, wow. Crazy. Um, oh, I found there was somebody that it's mentioned here that did receive it in 2006. It was the two, two billionth, B-I-L-L, two billionth Ooh. guest at Disneyland received the Golden Pass. Entitling Why him am I surprised to that admission. there's only been two billion people as of 2006? <laughs> Feels so like there's two billion people real. every time I visit. <laughs> I would be so mad if I let that lady with the stroller in front oh of me. Oh my god, I that love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I would be livid. <laughs> You're like, oh, you can go in front of me. It's okay. Ding 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 ding. You get the golden pass. Um, and this Hilarious. one, according to my research, included Tokyo Disney, so it was like extra special. Oh wow, special. okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then. Uh, another two people who received it was in February of 2008. Uh, there were two babies, twin babies born in. Oh, yeah. Not it, not in in, but I guess near Hong Kong Disneyland uh, for the year of the rat. And for whatever reason, they are given two golden passes. Not a lie. <laughs> I just have to put that out there. It's not a lie. I was like leaning into my microphone and be like, <laughs> fib. <laughs> It's not like Yeah, it's not like because I was like real confused. Oh I didn't gosh. know if that meant they were born in the park or what, but maybe had they had some sort of contest. Being born in the park or something. So that sounded familiar, oh. but I didn't. I was like, I thought it was Disneyland also, but maybe it was Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah, Wait, did you see so... Hong Kong or Tokyo? Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah, 2008, so cool. February 7th. And so they are now 14, 13, 14 years old. And they have these golden passes. Oh, wow. Wow. That's so, so random. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so they kept introducing new things. Uh, 2010, they introduced the Orange Pass. Of course, they love a new name. Uh, the Orange Pass was an annual pass to Orange County Parks, which included Knott's Berry Farm and oh, Disneyland Resort. wow. So it's weird because I thought they like don't like each other, but... Yeah, I remember seeing something else. I think it was called like the City Pass or something like that. And it had some type of ticketing system that you could get discount tickets to all the local Orange County places. So it probably played off of that. Yeah, I think they still have or right before a pandemic had City Pass. I feel like I see that at the hotel front desks. Yeah, yeah, that's probably where I know it from, too. Um, Yeah, so the Orange Pass is cool. You got to go to Knott's and Disney, um, but didn't exist. So I think they could have done something like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the 2010 Orange Pass was a fib. You seem to believe it, and I'm proud. fib. I did because they got that city pass. <laughs> that city pass. Um, 2017. Now, all right. So we're getting closer to the real time. Um, is when they introduced peak tickets, and this is when I think a lot of theme parks started doing it. Universal, and more or less, you paid based on what they predicted the crowd would be that day or how popular that day would be and you'd buy a head is that right you're more familiar with that i think than i am but yeah it's it's the lingo you would have to it's almost like making reservations you would have to buy your ticket based on what day you were going so and then they would have like yeah it's all based on capacity and like yeah what they forecasting it to be so wow like hotels i'm assuming like weekends costed more cost more yeah exactly exactly yeah they would always like book up the times around holidays and spring break and all that kind of stuff was all considered peak and then lots of times like during the summer just the saturdays for instance were always peak oh the rest of the days weren't but like saturdays were and i think they would have like Like, just recently, we saw this with the ticket buying experience. It had, like, five different tiers. So they've, like, broken it down numerous ways like that. Wow. Pretty crazy. I wonder if that worked. Like, did it deter people from buying tickets? Not sure. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that if, especially if I lived locally and I wanted to go for a day, I would probably try to not go on a peak day, right? So it would make more people come to days that they don't have trouble with already, like, it actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, because I didn't start buying annual passes until like my 20s, I think. I used to always get tickets. And my family and I, we would go to the military base and get military discount Disneyland tickets. That's right. Get those discounts. Um, okay, so 2017, peak tickets were introduced. Um, and then in 2019, just a couple of years ago, right, um, <laughs> they introduced the Flex annual passport. For five hundred ninety nine dollars, um, explain that one because I know I bought it, but I didn't even know what I had. Yeah, so it had like a whole new calendar that um, copied the deluxe pass, but you have to book your dates. There's never a day that you could just walk into the park with your pass. You have to always reserve. So that was the difference with the flex, and then days would sell out. So they'd only have a certain amount oh. of reservations set aside for flex passes to grab, and if they sell out, there it turns into a like no ticket day but the great thing about it too is that it would it would have different capacities for each park so like if disneyland was sold out you could go to dca still so very similar to the reservation system we're seeing now (laughs) yeah i i only had it for like a month and i remember like using the app to do it and then having to pick the day and then it was kind of stressful because we didn't know if we could both get into disneyland at this on the same day because you had an annual pass I mean, a real one. <laughs> I had this flex one. Uh, it's a but, real one. 
It's yeah. all good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, it seemed that like that evolved into both what Disney World and Disneyland started doing a little bit of since the pandemic. So in 2020, yes. annual passes, Disneyland, Disney World, they're just gone. They're eliminated. Um, I think they use the word indefinitely. So we don't know what form it's going to come back. And through this journey we just took, they may even rename it. They had so many names for these yeah. back in the day and up till now. So um, how would you try to accurately describe the way to purchase entry and the day that you want the park? It's a little bit what we talked about at the beginning. But for those who don't know, like, what's the deal? How do you get into Disneyland these days? So... um Basically, you would view the availability calendar first and foremost. So you make sure that the days that you're planning on going are available as of now. Although you have to keep in mind that could be booking as you're looking, right? So, but first things first, you want to make sure your dates are available. Then you go into where it says buy your tickets and then you get however many day tickets you want to get. Or if you just want a single day ticket, all of that's there. And then it takes you directly into reserving your day. So no matter what you do, you need to reserve your days like right away. Make sure you get them solid on the ticket. Although you do have availability to cancel it up until the day before, like within till midnight the night before, actually. So like until the day of, I guess you would say. And that's the situation. Um, And then you can also book up to 60 days out. So I think, like, let's say this is FlexPass still, pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, whatever. Um, I think it's really great for travelers. Like, for you, for instance, who, you know, like, coming to California is a trip. Yeah. Like, even for me in San Francisco, like, I usually know at least a month out when I'm going next. So, like, it makes it easier to get right, those dates. Right, because you have to plan regardless. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing we were seeing, though, with these tickets that are that we're looking at currently is that almost all of the Saturdays as of now are already booked up for all of May and June. And that's the 30 wow. day out or the 60 day out thing. So like if you're coming on a Saturday, you need to make sure to book them ASAP. Um, of course, right now we're hitting a different type of rush than we probably will be and pro- possibly different capacity right now. It's only at 25%. So who knows what's going to happen by, I mean, they may even increase tickets later. Who knows? So, um, but yeah, that's that's the process. You buy the ticket or you check your availability, buy the ticket and then reserve the date. Wow. Yeah. And as we've learned throughout this journey, it's always been a little bit complicated <laughs> to get into Disneyland. They've really always yes. had like some sort of ticketing scheme that you had to understand to get in. Unless you were a senior, seniors seem to have the best options <laughs> just to sit around as a senior and uh, pay a low price which sounds really nice, I was gonna actually. say that earlier when you're talking about the senior passes I was like I hope they come back out with that when I yeah. retire because my goal is literally to become one of the porch potatoes like I don't even that care would be so nice yeah I'm and in case it. you guys don't know what a porch potato is I just have to tell you because it's so cute so cute uh, porch potato is someone who sits on the one and only porch on main street usa in disneyland and there's a bench there and a couple little chairs rocking chair and you can uh wait is that actually a rocking chair does it actually yeah. rock it does yes, okay it does. i was picturing it as that i'm like or is it just a big chair um and they hang out there and it's like a little group of people and they have little buttons and it says porch potato and i totally want to be one when i'm retired <laughs> <laughs> that is my goal though for real so can we bring back the senior pass in at least 25 years from now <laughs> it's so cute it um, is very cute so 
It, by the way, is not a rocking chair. <laughs> in our okay. in our imagination, we both thought it was, but it would I just be perfect it right if it now. was. But yeah, yeah. I was so there, it's just that like one of those bigger ones that are stuck to the ground. Probably you can't even make it <laughs> yeah, nailed it. down. Yeah, uh, that brings us all the way up to present day. Uh, so, to recap, 1983 is when annual passes first launch, and 2000 is when they disappeared. So. 2020. <laughs> Duh. Okay, so 1983 to 2020. So that gave it had about 37 years of time as yeah, an annual pass. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. But hopefully wow. we see it back soon because, man, that brings us back to navigating life without an annual pass because, like, just quickly... It is rough. Like, I have have literally had an annual pass since DCA opened, so 2001. And I haven't not had an annual pass. I may have, like, gone a gap in between. Like, every so often I'd skip a month or something. But I've always – I haven't had a hard ticket unless it was, like, gifted to me, which I would then just upgrade to you an upgrade, annual right? pass. It's, it's like currency, you always say. <laughs> yeah, it's just currency. So I would just upgrade it. So – it's just so weird buying these tickets and spending 400 something dollars on them. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is literally two thirds of my annual pass. And I'm only going on two trips, right? two trips. So it's a little stressful. I understand for anyone out there. I feel your pain. Um, this brings me to like rethink of like how I'm going to be planning my visits to Disneyland until this until an AP program is back, not even until the pandemic's over, like until they figure that out, like who knows right. what's going to happen with that and what it's going to look like. But um, as and of now, I definitely expansions cannot. they're planning. Who knows? I, I know. I know. I can't even. There's like a third park possibly. Like what? So I definitely have to rethink all that through. I cannot afford to do my monthly trips ever again, like in this <laughs> right. situation. Like, I mean, I'm going... In April, like the very end of April into May, and then again in June. So there's your monthly trips back, and again eight hundred dollars out of pocket already. So wow. like, and then ugh, the added pressure, like, right, of of utilizing it. Like I know I like to have a leisurely day in the park. Oh my with god, an AP. the AP brain is gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I think you and I, when we booked our June trip, we originally were going for two days, and then we decided to make it three days. Partially because of that, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, it's more money, but like we, we just don't want to do Disneyland just dis, like disservice by not going longer because we will not enjoy it as much, and um, especially when something brand new is coming out, like it's kind of hard to just like do the new thing and then go home. Like we also need like that extra day. In fact, this uh, trip for the reopening. I'm spending the first two days in Disneyland Solid. Then I'm doing a day in DCA. And I didn't want to end it in DCA. So I went back to Disneyland for the fourth <laughs> day. And it's just going to be like a taster day because I have a flight out in the afternoon. So it's like, I'm just going to go at my own pace that day, have a nice leisurely. I like that. Exit, you want basically. that to be the last taste before you leave. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I called it my kiss goodnight to Disneyland. Oh, the kiss goodnight. The nice thing is, <sighs> well, depending on your point of view, is they, they're closing around 9 p.m., right? In June. In June, yes. Right now, yeah. they're only closing at seven. seven. It's so early. I can't. So that means you could open and close the park without being as exhausted as you would be, right? <laughs> yeah, but is that a good thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good thing for my friends it. that are going to force me to do open and close, and then I won't have to actually want to 
kill myself by the end of the day. It seems <laughs> hard, right? Like to to leave at like two and come back at five. I guess you get two more hours, but that would make me sad for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. It's rough. So it's just, just going to be a whole new like picture of what it's going to be like um, to go to Disneyland. And it makes me really sad, like honestly, because Disneyland for so many years has literally been where I go. It's like kind of where I go to reset. Like I just go once a month and like everything that has been before that, I'm just like, whatever. I'm at Disneyland and I go home feeling super refreshed and great. And now it's like, I don't know when I'm going to go back after these two trips, right? Because we have a trip planned in October for Disney World. So I'm definitely not going until after that, at least, which is like, that is strange for you. So strange. Like, what am I going to do with my free time? And then I'm also still out the same amount of money. So (laughs) (laughs) it's weird. I wonder if their vision backfired at some point because we were talking about right in the 80s they wanted it to be a place where people just hung out and that's what it became with annual pass holders like a little like a country club type of thing yeah it's very interesting you say that because there's two different ways looking at it's like the country club or the mall like they're two very (laughs) different things but you you had both of those types of visitors for sure yeah i would say the mall is the six flags pass and country yeah. club is disneyland both we'll in pricing them. and experience <laughs> right yeah and i think that's part of like remember when dapper day like one of their missions was to like get people to dress up for disneyland again and like yeah it's supposed to be like an occasion not just a theme park or whatever or like an amusement park or whatever it's supposed to be like a whole thing like you wow. get ready for and excited about instead of so leisurely so there's two ways to look at it. I'm good with either way, to be honest, but I definitely would like to be there more often. Probably the more often in the country club feel. <laughs> yeah, it'll feel more special, I guess, when you yeah. go. But the bad part is when you said it's the same price when you add it all up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Womp, womp, womp. <sighs> anyway. Well, on that note, we'll figure out how we're going to navigate that later as we go through. But I want to thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoyed episode 29 of the Disney Holics show. Follow us on social media at the Disney Holics. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at the Disney Okay, bye bye. Just crashed my car again. Now I'm going to Disneyland. I just robbed a grocery store. I'm going to Disneyland. I just flipped out President George. I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to Man, I really want to go to Disneyland.